Hi, my name is Rohit and you're listening to Just Bating. Hey guys, welcome back to Just Bating. My name is Ashwin. Pratap's back. It's been some time since he's been back, but yeah, he's finally back. Pratap, I was just talking to Rohit about this, I guess, but we'll get into that. You've been working mm-hmm. forever now in December, Jan. You've been working on the weekends too. And I feel like this yeah. guest is our guest today is such a good fit. And I'm going to ask you this question right away. Have you thought mm-hmm. about leaving engineering and getting into something like cricket or yeah, whatever, but just leaving engineering for good? Because I think you should. Uh, it takes a mm-hmm. toll on you. <laughs> but yeah, have you thought about it? I mean, I haven't thought of leaving engineering per se. Sure. I mean, work gets really hectic at times, especially the last couple of months, but I enjoy what I do. So that's probably why I'm able to stick it out as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like getting into sports is something that has been more of uh, like a childhood dream and like not necessarily even playing sports, but just being associated with sports or some kind of cool tech was always something that I wanted to do. So yeah, like I'm at peace with what I'm doing right now. Not completely, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> But yeah, maybe in the future sometime we might look at sports. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. We do have a sports. We have do we do have a cricket YouTube channel. So go subscribe mm. if you're interested. Yeah. It's a start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a start. Talking about our guest, and I've I've mentioned about him in the beginning, but ten years ago he left his engineering job after working for a couple of years. And not only changed his profession, but changed his entire field. He became a freelance freelance writer. And then he became a sports journalist, one of the most successful sports journalists. So, Rohit Nair, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You didn't like the fact that I told you you're one of the <laughs> successful sports journalists, did you? I mean, yeah, it's, it's still early days, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you're covering a lot of sports. But before we get into that, we do have an icebreaker for you. So, I was going through your articles, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, and your website. You cover a lot of football. You also follow F1 and tennis, and a lot of sports. You've also posted a couple of cricket matches, very few, in fact, which I was not all that happy about. But I wanted to ask you, how many of these sports have you actually played? And did you ever think of becoming a professional sportsman? Um, So technically, football, obviously, is one which Mm -hmm. we've covered the most, I think, in the past 10 years. But it was probably like number three in my sports of what I've played. I used to play a lot of basketball. So I'm really? quite tall. So yeah, so basketball was my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. And I was an athlete as well. So I was in athletics. Mm-hmm. Football was very early on, probably like middle school. And then after that, I kind of shot up. So I said, okay, basketball and volleyball basketball. and <laughs> athletics was the yeah. way to go. <laughs> do, you, do you follow NBA? Uh, I used to a lot, but mm-hmm. now because of my shift timings, it's not very easy because I usually oh, right. work a European shift. And oh, because of because you need to cover Premier League. Yeah, I need to cover this right, yeah. football. So mm-hmm. it's not easy. I usually, like on an average day, I usually sleep by like 3 a.m. So I can't exactly wake up to watch NBA games. <laughs> what I do was the highlights now and then, but yeah. Oh, that's painful. But yes. Yeah, now we'll get right into the question. So it says that you've been a sports, you're a sports analyst now. And before this, you were a systems engineer for about four or five years, if I'm not wrong. Um, I, It was about... Three, three and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the question is basically firstly about engineering itself. Uh, 
I kind of know that you have had a love for coding and engineering. So is that something you got into by choice and, or was it by force engineering? Um, no, so it was by choice. And this, I mean, I finished school, like I've graduated from 10th standard around, around 2000, in 2003. Mm-hmm. So just before that was when the whole dot-com <laughs> boom happened. And I said, okay, look, programming and computers is the way to go if you want to like have a mm-hmm. successful career and I actually enjoyed coding and I had a knack for it so I said okay and I picked that up in school and picked that up through college and then decided to get into engineering as well so that's basically why I got into coding and then and then when did you realize that not I mean not only this profession as it is but you want to change the profession you want to change the field and get into sports when when was the first realization? Um, so, I, so I started working in 2009. Mm-hmm. It was just like basically two weeks after I graduated from college. I was I was already headed mm-hmm. for training, and I started working like on the job at in around 2010. Mm-hmm. And it was okay for the first couple of years, but then the problem is, so I joined Infosys, and yeah. that's you're just a drop in the ocean there. So you don't really get a choice in what kind of project you get. Mm-hmm. And so I was interested in coding in one particular aspect of coding and they put me into something totally different. And after a while it became a very dry job. You know, there's, I, there's no mm-hmm. prospects. I mean, there were prospects if you like, uh, you know, really learned a particular technology which is pretty niche and not mm-hmm. easily accessible. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you really don't want to be an expert in that prof- that profession right. it's because it's not really something you wanted to do as a kid or you know or even as when I was right. in college so right. I was getting a lot of experience in a field I didn't want to work <laughs> in so that right. is that that became the problem right and mm-hmm. and around 2011 I think was when I started writing a bit as a freelancer mm-hmm. it was just like one odd article every month or something like that so initially it started off writing you know on discussion forums where people would say okay look you guys you have a lot of good opinions maybe you should write right and mm-hmm. that's when i started writing for sports kira mm-hmm. uh, their okay. website based in bangalore and yep. they had just started up around that time and they were looking for new writers so mm-hmm. started writing for them and finally towards the end of 2012 was when i realized okay maybe this is something i want to do mm-hmm. and the job i was going nowhere fast so like I got one promotion and then they're like, look, you're competing with people who are four or five years in the same role and you're not right. going to get, you're not going to climb up the ladder anytime soon. So right. I was like, yeah, this isn't something I wanted anyway. So Now, so you said that around the end of 2012 was when you sort of decided that maybe writing is what you want to get into. So uh, how was that? Okay, firstly, what was the conversation like with maybe your family or your close ones about the switch? So mm-hmm. firstly, if you could talk about that. Um, yeah, that was a tough conversation to have initially, but so what happened is I actually took a break mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in November, 2012, I think November was when I quit and then I didn't have a job until four months later. And okay. the, what I said was, I'm going to you know, do my higher studies. And I was actually trying to study for my GMAT and all that. Oh, really? But, <laughs> yeah, I did try. I did try, but I saw that I realized, okay, maybe this isn't for me either. And then mm-hmm. that's when I had a conversation with my, with the bosses at Sportskeeda and said, look, do you have any openings? Because uh, okay. obviously I'm not going to be sitting at home for like months, months on end. So yeah. I needed something. Mm-hmm. 
and I was paying off an education loan for which <laughs> and for, for my engineering and all that. So I obviously needed the money. And I, they said, there's nothing right now, but there will be openings in March. So I said, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I'll try and study till March and see if I can get something or otherwise jump. And mm -hmm. yeah, GMAT didn't work out, obviously. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, and joined them in March. I had like a, a trial, as I called it. Where we, I worked there for a few days and then they said, okay, look. The, I think this I, it's a good segue to my next question because you naturally went into sports and writing about sports. And so we wanted to be cricketers for most of our life until we just gave up for whatever reason. <laughs> and But we still follow a lot of sports. And I think I'm not going to speak for Pratip. One thing that gets me going and watching a lot of sports and following a lot of sports is the idea of winning matches, being competitive, working hard, and just overcoming that mental battle for whatever minutes. What what drives you and what, what about sports do you like? I mean, like I said, I was a sportsman and I had played a lot of basketball and athletics also. I had, like, when I was 15 or 16, I was... I had competed at the state and national level oh, okay. as an athlete. So yeah, obviously yeah. that drives you and that, yeah. you know, you, you're, you're in the mix though. And you realize, you know, sport is a very humbling and rewarding thing in your life. Yeah. That, and obviously there were a lot of, even when I became an engineer and I started working, football was basically still what I mm -hmm. watched every weekend or even late nights. Mm -hmm. I mean, midweek, you know, the Champions League, right? It's yeah. uh, Tuesdays yeah. and Wednesday nights and then you're, mm -hmm you got to wake up the next three hours later and then go to work. So yeah, it was a big pain, but it was something that you sacrificed a lot for to watch. And that's when you realized, okay, this is something you want to cover and you mm -hmm. want to write about. And it's probably more exciting than coding for some US client who doesn't really, <laughs> who's never really seen you. So yeah. <laughs> Rather, you, I, I don't that, know. That put things into perspective. <laughs> yeah. Basically. We have actually had a conversation about this, you know, how you got a project, mm. but you weren't really interested in, but you have to do it because you yeah, have to I'm, I'm relating so hard right now. Like I'm <laughs> literally in the exact same situation. So yeah, it's really hard to relate. Uh, so, okay. So this, so personally for me, at least, uh, because I have an interest in sport or say in web three. Now I have tried moonlighting where, so I write as well. And so oh, I'd write for writer, a bunch of startups. Ratib, you should, you guys should check out the article. He's a beautiful writer, but yeah, sorry, sorry. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what I was getting at is, so I did try moonlighting for a couple of startups and I did write for them. Uh, and sometimes your whole idea is around maybe what if I get into a company that does maybe cricket or some particular sport and I'll still do my job as a coder or something. So is that okay. something that you thought about or were you like straight away into writing? Uh, no, I think I kind of made up my mind that this career wasn't for me. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I'll okay. tell you what, so now you probably have more choices as an engineer. Back then, startups were just, right. the startup culture hadn't really boomed. So right. you only right. had the jobs you, the companies that came to your campus mm -hmm. for placement mm -hmm. and right. you, you ended up, you always ended up at some mass recruiter who just right. Right. put you into some project, which they don't really care about. They just look at you as a resource mm -hmm. rather than an actual person, you know, to, right. so that became that, that kind of 
you know, gets you a bit disillusioned about how IT works. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. now you probably have a lot more options and, you know, you can find your, carve your own niche in a particular company mm-hmm. and, you know, say, mm-hmm. okay, this is, this company is doing something I really like. So this is probably something I want to mm-hmm. invest my time in and, you know, improve, improve my career prospects down the line or stay there. So, but mm-hmm. in back then, it you didn't have that many options. So that that kind of became the reason why I basically made the jump because this is something I found exciting and it, it was something I really wanted to do. Did no one tell you to, I mean, people usually do give this advice of waiting it out and see and things might get better and all that. There Did were, you? there were, but I kind of knew like once you've been in that job, I was in that job mm. for three years in that right. particular role. Mm-hmm. I knew there was really no way to you know because i would have to relearn other technologies and that's something you got to do in it right mm, you can't yeah. stick to one technology you got to keep yeah. upscaling or what, what they call it upskilling they call it yeah so yeah, and yeah, yeah so those buzzwords i hated those buzzwords <laughs> but yeah so it was it, it reached a point where i said no this isn't what i want to do and mm-hmm. writing initially obviously i didn't take the plunge immediately i wrote a few articles just to see mm-hmm. where i stand with right. people and right. who read my stuff and they really loved it so i said okay mm-hmm. only after that did i really take the jump it's not like i said okay mm-hmm. this is what i want to do and i'm just going to exactly yeah. there was yeah. that safety net now, of, you know okay people mm-hmm. really like your work so mm-hmm. then you right. can try and explore this opportunity right. yeah, yeah. Right. now even once you got uh, into sports kida so they offered you a job uh, Firstly, my question was going to be, how has your writing changed over the years? But before that, I want to know, uh, did you have a lot of mentor figures kind of in Sportskeeda who helped you evolve in some way with terms to writing? Um, in Sportskeeda, it was tough because uh, Sportskeeda is more of a content website rather than a journalistic mm-hmm. website right. back then at least. Right. Now, mm-hmm. now they're trying to change a bit, but mm-hmm. back then it was mainly content. So it was more about your opinions and your analysis of mm-hmm. things, which, mm-hmm. which people like to read. And in football, I don't really, I didn't really have much of a mentor because I was probably mm-hmm. even one of the older guys who joined the company. Right. Okay. So, and obviously you did take a few cues from other writers and, you know, figure mm-hmm. out the flow of how an article should be. Like when I have my first article, if you look at it, it was probably... It just looked like something I'd just taken from Wikipedia and, you know, just uh-huh. you've gone with gone with that. And then I realized, okay, look, people don't want that. People want to read what you mm-hmm. think of the game, right? And so I said, okay, so you watch your game, frame your opinions, and then mm-hmm. put it down in writing. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how you learn how to go about writing a story. And yeah, so that's, it's basically on, based on a lot of feedback from mm-hmm. re- fellow writers or readers you take that into account and yeah. then you figure out how to write your next story. Uh, even I'm in Sportskeeda, I suppose there would be deadlines that come with each article. So what did you do to ensure that you're getting those articles out? And did you have a fixed process and has it changed over the years right now? Um, so deadlines would probably be more about post-match stuff which right. obviously mm-hmm. has to go as fast okay. as possible but mm-hmm. there are other things like your opinion pieces like say mm-hmm. you know like a, you i'm sure you guys follow the premier league now right yeah. so if you look at it uh, the last story i did for writers was the was everton's issues yeah 
Yeah. Right. So obviously, post-match stuff has to go. It has a deadline, but this mm -hmm. is something which you can, considered to piece can be done a little later, and you can okay. probably do the next day, so that you have a little more time to get your thoughts in order and then write it out. So deadlines is fine. There's no. It's mm -hmm. if you know what you're doing, it's not really deadlines mm -hmm. don't really hit you because I remember our goal back when which World Cup was that 2018, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. was to have an analysis piece out at the full-time whistle. So oh, right. we, I would sit in front of the TV, I would watch the game and then write it out and send it to the editor as soon as the full-time mm -hmm. whistle goes and publish it. So that kind of gave you, that's how I kind of developed the speed to actually work mm. in, in agency news where it's mainly breaking news. But like Pratibas, do you have a fixed process of how you go about writing the article? It doesn't have to be a match analysis or post-match, but like a real article piece about a player or about a match? Do you have a structure or the way you think? Do you, do you It have depends a lot on the angle and mm -hmm. what the story is about. Mm -hmm. There's no mm -hmm. there's no formula as such which you can use. Mm -hmm. It's a lot about uh, what and what the reader wants to know. And right. especially mm -hmm. here, you got to explain it in as few words as possible. There's right. no point rambling on. So, and because our clients want shorter pieces, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. a lot more, uh, you know, a lot, as much as analysis crammed in, but mm -hmm. at the same time, not, you know, they don't want rants from writers, right? Yeah. And here yeah. we got, we have to be very unbiased in how we do it. Mm -hmm. But in Sports Kid, I think I had a little more freedom mm -hmm. because again, I told you it was content rather yeah. than journalism. So okay. I could even say, oh, this team is terrible and, you know, put a full stop yeah. there. I can't do that here. Yeah. And it, you have to explain it it's a very different way of doing it so in content once i switched to actual journalism there was a lot of stuff i had to unlearn basically mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then uh, learn how to write in write agency copy which is a little more factual and unbiased as i said yeah i was actually going to come to that because even so i study broadcast journalism and i mean it's a lot to do with broadcast work but we have basics of writing mm -hmm. and we talk a lot about, especially in sports, we talk a lot about how while writing an article or even while presenting a post-match, we can't be very technical. We can't be a lot. I mean, we can't just stick to technique and facts because it just gets boring and monotonous after that. So if I were to ask you, what do you think your USP as a writer is, especially as a sports journalist and a sports writer? What is your USP and how do you go about making your interest, uh, article interesting and yeah, fun to read per se. Uh, that's the good thing about sports journalism. It's you should you should always make it fun to read. I mm -hmm. mean, for mm -hmm. us Reuters, it's mainly a financial news site. But right. at the same time, most of the financial news depends on what depending on the news. It can either mm -hmm. be pretty straightforward or something you can really yeah. write up. Mm -hmm. But sports is supposed to be fun. So and people like mm -hmm. reading fun stories. So um, the USP. That's a very good question. But I think for us, it was it's mainly the speed of putting out a story immediately or stories mm -hmm. after any particular match or any particular event, mm -hmm. and really, you know, take you can either if it's immediately after. Like I'll give you examples, like the yeah. World Cup final. We had a lot of stories where which were basically on the whistle. You had match reports, you had press conferences, mm -hmm. you had TV interviews. Mm -hmm. All that is very quick stuff, and then you have a little more time to to write your analysis so mm. i think juggling between both is probably something you really need if you want to work here right and 
and that, that's that's if you're at an event if you're working in the office here then it's juggling between different sports at the same time mm-hmm. and there are times when i was just doing a tennis match report and then at the same time i'm writing breaking news about oh, right. some some athlete being banned for doping right. and you know that's so i think uh multitasking is probably i would say the biggest usp mm-hmm. and you really need to uh do it with and in a, in a way where there are no errors right yeah because mm-hmm. for us even a small correction is like a taboo so right. it's mm-hmm. it's pretty intense and because we talk about mental health a lot in our podcast i mean because you also cover a lot of sports and it's an everyday thing mm-hmm. and because you write a lot do you ever write for yourself or how do you take time off how do you like there are i'm sure there are times when you feel low but you have to write an article you have to go through with it but how do you switch off switch on do you write for yourself anything that uh, i used to blog a bit but that's i think people just stop blogging after a while <laughs> uh, it's not something people do anymore but right. it's all uh, become twitter threads now but yeah i mean um, i don't write anymore for myself i think i do enough writing on the job so <laughs> it's not something i've actually explored since i stopped blogging which was i think around the time i started writing sports oh and so that's mm, almost 10 years ago yeah it's it's been 10 years oh, i think since i last right. blogged about things so i mean th- those blogs never really got many hits so it's not something i i just did it <laughs> for fun right yeah but yeah um uh, sorry what is the uh, what is the second how do you question? switch off and switch on like ah, how switch do you oh right on? yeah um for us it's yeah, like i said it's intense but once you're done with your shift then it's fine and uh, our company they really do take mental health seriously we've mm-hmm. even got a couple mm-hmm. of mental health days a year and oh, yeah, nice. they, yeah they said you have to take those days off and i mean for us it's tough but even if we don't take that day off we will take some day off during that yeah. week so mm-hmm. it's because sports is a 24/7 thing like mm-hmm. and uh, we do get a lot of leaves also so that's fine so we usually do take like at least at least a week of leave every now and then mm. just to you know switch off and re- reset and recover i was going to ask you as a sports so we because we have this cricket channel that we talk about mm-hmm. and we love talking about cricket and we do that regardless and i feel like i can do that forever are you someone like that are you someone who can talk about sports or do you like after your job you want to switch off and oh no no we to... can so uh, even if i'm meeting friends it's usually all about football oh. and, and don't mind talking about that because and do they tease you about are... the articles that you may have written or not really no because as <laughs> i've tried to get a lot of people other people to write and they're like no we can't do this and like, <laughs> right. okay, so they're not they're not the ones to come and tease me about it. but <laughs> Fair. but uh, they did there were a few opinions back in the day when i would say oh this this mm-hmm. guy is doing really well and then that mm-hmm. manager will have like a terrible run of form you know and they would they would be like okay look you jinxed him so i like yeah that's happened quite a few times but other, apart from that there's there's no real teasing about the stories or anything but yeah i mean i do like talking about sport because they uh that's basically what it's like my field of expertise obviously mm-hmm. it can mm-hmm. you know talk about it and be you do get a few perspectives from talking to different people about any sport right yeah, like yeah. Uh, you you can't be set in your own ways yeah. and say this is my opinion there's no i'm not going to change it so yeah. listening to other people's yeah. point of view is a good way to really form an overall picture of that and then mm-hmm. it's easier when it comes to writing your stories it just falls into place you don't really need to think about it too much mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. just you know it's all in your head you just it's just a matter of yeah. streamlining it into a story this 
I just want to know if there's anything you took from the corporate world into being a sports writer. Is there something that you took away or something that you learned that you think about while writing or just working in general now? Um, writing, not so much because there was just writing code and people mm-hmm. really didn't care too much about sport from at least where yeah. I worked. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there were people who did, but we would have our own discussions and you know, discussion forums and everything. But yeah. at least where I worked within my own, uh, what do you say, where I, in the, in the floor I worked, there were hardly anybody mm-hmm. who I could speak to about sport. Right. Although, I mean, I did play for the basketball team, the corporate team and stuff. You do Whoa, learn a lot of things okay. there. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> but otherwise, it's not easy to discuss sport there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. takeaways from the corporate world, hmm, it's, I mean, there are, you do learn stuff like email etiquette and you know, yeah. <laughs> make you sure, make years. sure everything, make sure yeah. everything is in writing. That's probably one right. thing I would probably yeah. advise in everyone because right. people promise a lot of things and then they don't deliver on that if it's mm. just spoken word, right? So yeah. that's probably the biggest thing I learned. Now, the last question from my side is probably around how you would advise anyone who's looking for a job change or more of a career switch, I guess. Mm-hmm. What are the things you would advise they could do? And I know there obviously isn't going to be a fixed mantra or formula for how they can proceed, but what are some things that, you know, they can do to ensure that they don't end up, uh, you know, being left out on either side? Right. Uh, So that's basically like coming back to what I did, which is basically Mm -hmm. start writing as a freelancer to, you know, test Mm -hmm. the waters a bit to see how good you are or how bad you are and as a writer. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a year after that that I actually took the plunge, right? Mm-hmm. So then you wait it out a bit and then figure out how to, how whether your job is as rewarding as mm-hmm. that. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not an easy decision to make. I wouldn't really advise anyone, you know, just go for it and without, you know, blindly just go for it. That's not something I would say because mm-hmm. it wasn't easy here. And mm-hmm. like I had to take a big pay cut initially Mm-hmm. Because it's, okay. And that's mm-hmm. kind of humbling, you know, you realize, okay, this is what I've chosen, but I have to stick with it now because mm-hmm. I don't think I want to go back. So. Did you ever think about quitting? I mean, not doing sports writing? Quitting sports writing? Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, no, I never thought about it. Uh, no, no, no. Because mm-hmm. I know there's nothing else apart from that, which I can probably <laughs> but, uh, find a job as. So yeah, this is basically it for now. So yeah, it takes a bit of courage, a bit of uh, finding the right place, I think. Mm-hmm. That's something mm-hmm. you really need to figure out first. So a lot of people have actually asked me and I've told them, look, try out, try it out as a freelancer first before you really go for it. There are a lot of websites which accept mm-hmm. uh, user content. Yeah, And mm-hmm. that's probably somewhere you should probably start if you have no history of any sports writing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. because blogs and stuff like that it's that's your own stuff there's no one really editing your work and yeah. you know critiquing that or so learn learn the ropes first and then figure out how to make the switch before actually just jumping headlong into making those decisions how, how are you with taking critics and criticism in general like starting off as a sports writer i know you mm-hmm. were a freelancer but like when you got into an organization started working there. How was it for you to take criticism? Was it easy for you? 
It wasn't because it's like I said, that was still a learning experience, right? You got to learn on this job, mm-hmm. and you're all you're still learning. There's no, it's not like now that I've finished ten years, I've I know everything. There's, there's nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. There's still a lot left to learn, mm-hmm. and the problem with my previous job was obviously there were critics from like fans who were reading your stories. Yeah. There will be yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. fans, especially when you write a bit of write stories which are meant to fire up that debate hey. like yeah. i would trash Mourinho or something in some story and then all the, all the chelsea <laughs> yeah. fans back then yeah. all the chelsea fans and then united mm-hmm. fans later would jump on j- jump down your throat and i was yeah. like no this is <laughs> what i mean to say and then they, they'll come back months later after sack is like actually yeah you're right <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's something like that you know you got to uh you got to live with it's you can't it's not all it's not always a bed of roses and you know you just you are going to get those brick bats which come your way it's mm-hmm. just a way of dealing with it and standing by your work and trusting yeah. yourself that takes mm-hmm. a bit of courage initially but then once you know what you're writing about and then you can ask the writers in the same room you know they did mm-hmm. have a lot of good teammates yeah. back at sports yeah. and mm-hmm. i would tell them look this is what i'm going to write and obviously there were there were there were uh, team members from different who supported different clubs and they would mm-hmm. be like okay mm-hmm. this makes sense let's go with this yeah. stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> now that i'm here that's not something i can do mm-hmm. it's a little more like i said fact based and right. yeah and mm-hmm. it's and here the good thing is i'm probably one of the younger youngest reporters because it's okay. there are a lot of people who are who've been in this job for 15 20 years Whoa. and yeah so and there and a lot of them are editors so they're telling me okay this is fine but you can't say it like this this is oh, a better way of saying okay. it okay. you mm-hmm. learn a lot on this job so it's been what four years now i think i've been here so mm-hmm. learned quite a bit of how to structure a sentence in a way that it's bulletproof and okay. at the same time nice to read and everything that is, that is so beautiful because I genuinely like your article. So I started reading it last week. And mm-hmm. I do follow Premier League in a sense. I know what's going on, but mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of matches. But I started reading your articles and I really enjoyed them. But <laughs> it's been 10 years since you've been doing this. Right. And do you ever think you'll come in front of the camera? Because we have this joke in our department, at least, that a lot of writers hope to come in front of the camera eventually. I actually didn't want to become the story. That's something I try to avoid. I have worked in front of the camera before. We used to do a lot of mm-hmm. Facebook yeah. live videos when it first started, oh, yeah. you know, when they first came out yeah. with that feature. And it was something I did at Putskida. And then I did a lot of uh, Indian football analysis, right. which, okay. which was just towards the end of my stint at Putskida. And it should be there on YouTube. I don't know which channel they've used to put it on. It must mm-hmm. be on the Sportskida channel, but it's it was mm-hmm. four, it's four years old now. So... Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of people, like you said, after the LinkedIn post, they came to me and said, look, how do I go about this? How do I, where do I start? And they had a bunch of questions. So when you guys said, okay, can, can you come on this podcast and speak about it? I said, okay, this is probably one way of reaching right. a lot of people yeah. at once and, yeah. you know, answer any question because everyone had the same questions. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. said, okay let's just put it in one place where everyone can you know go and because <laughs> i had no time to sit and write hopefully, it down write down my answers so i said okay yeah. let's put yeah. this on video or audio if you guys have one and then yeah. that way they can you know listen to that or read watch this and then figure out how to do it themselves fair fair Robert, thank you so much for taking all this time and answering questions and coming <laughs> on this platform but this is how we end our podcast are you a tea or a coffee person 
Uh, I'm a coffee person. I, I don't know why it's figured you'll be a coffee person. Also because <laughs> of person taste, right? We have had so many guests on our show and everyone's just, they are coffee people and we are mm-hmm. the tea yeah. guys. So at this point, we're just looking out for people who like tea. I mean, I do enjoy yeah, a cup of tea, tea in the evening <laughs> sometimes, but usually when I'm at work, it's <laughs> coffee that gets keeps me going. So yeah, yeah. I figured the caffeine yeah. hits you. Yeah. <laughs> Rohit, again, thank you so much for taking all this time of yours. We'll link everything of his below so he's very active on facebook and twitter he puts all of his articles there you also have a website correct um uh, i don't think i which which website you is have that? your own profile in the company right all right yeah, that, yeah. Come up. Yeah. That, yeah so we'll also link that below Rohit again thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you for so having me for <laughs> Ratu, did you say something yes yeah, thank you so much for joining <laughs> 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 like share and subscribe all the good stuff thank you so much for watching all the best to you guys man <laughs> thank you yo yo thanks for tuning into the latest episode of just baatein we hope you enjoyed it and that it left you inspired thanks for all your support and maybe you could support us just a little more by maybe going to our instagram and twitter and giving us a follow there and also you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms right from spotify to apple podcast to google podcast cheers